You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. All right, John. So we were uh, we were texting back and forth yesterday, and we had quite an interesting situation going on here. Um, Reinhardt versus Weber. And it looked like at halftime, actually, multiple people texted me and asked me if I was seeing what was going on and if I knew what was going on. And I had no clue. But apparently, the Weber coach had gotten into it with uh, Coach Snow and got two and a, and a Reinhardt player and the officials and ended up with two flags. Is that what you saw? Yeah, I didn't necessarily see all of what happened with him and Coach Snow, but I saw it was him. I believe it was the Reinhardt face-off specialist. Couldn't get a jersey number, but that's who it was. And then two referees were talking. And then the Reinhardt player walked off, and the next thing you know, you see one flag get thrown in the air. You see the Weber coach follow the referee, say something else, another flag go flying through the air. And I thought he got ejected, but he did not end up getting ejected from that one. And then I guess they played again today. And I think I, I didn't watch it today, but what, what happened today? Yeah. So same story as yesterday, kind of, except this time he did end up getting ejected. I think it was late in the third, maybe early in the fourth. There was a high hit. One of his players had his player got ejected and then he ended up getting ejected as well. Interesting. And, you know, you had tweeted something about the the late hits and, and the penalties that were happening in the games. And it looks like that's looking at the stat sheet again. I didn't watch it, but you did. But it looks like that's exactly what happened. There were quite a few penalties in the game. And uh, you I know you have an opinion on this, so I'll just let, I'll just get out of the way and let you uh, say it. Yeah, I don't want to be like overly critical because I do think he's building a solid foundation at Weber University, but it's just, it's a rough place to be in when you're getting this kind of publicity in your first season, because then you get kind of a reputation. And especially when you're playing teams that are a little bit better than you right now in your own conference, you're going to have to play them each and every year. And I don't think I want Jon Snow upset with me going into next season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it's you. You only have so many officials in the NAIA that that cover your games in Florida and in Tennessee and in Georgia, and so yeah. Speaking from experience, it's way better to have them not even as friends, but definitely not as enemies. And yeah, I don't think I, I don't know if Coach is used to yet the NAIA quality of officiating. He he might be used to something completely different based on his experience. So. It, it's a learning curve in the NAI, and uh, I've, I've been through it, and a lot of other coaches have been through it. I know Coach Snow went through it when uh, the finals were up in Michigan, and he got to deal with some Michigan officials. So, you know, like you said, hopefully uh, it all gets cleaned up. And uh... we'll be back after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Level Across. Are you ready to take your game to the next level? Level Across has innovative products at an unbeatable price. From their aviator travel stick that fits in a backpack to their Apex rebounder that comes with its own carrying case. Need something more traditional? 
Their Altitude Complete stick provides an aerospace aluminum alloy stick, a pre-strung head, and a lifetime warranty for only $49.99. And for every item purchased, Level donates sticks, equipment, and daily essentials to programs in need all over the U.S. and overseas. Order yours today at levellax.com, spelled L-V-L-Lax.com, and use code G-O-S for 10% off your order. Yeah. Let's move on to the recaps from last week. So we picked uh, four games from last week that we wanted to talk about. So we'll start off with, uh, you know, Reinhardt had a really, really tough three-game road trip. They started off by beating Lawrence Tech, who we we both know was a little bit shorthanded for various reasons. But they, you know, they, they did their thing. They came out on top. They looked good. They were the Reinhardt that we all expected, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with that one. So then they have, what, like a day or two later, then they get to play Madonna. And and we both agree that Madonna's, you know, they had a down year and now, or two, if you will, but now they're like a lot like the year one and two Madonna. So they play Madonna to a 10-6, and then this one was pretty close. Yeah, I believe this one was actually tied at halftime. Madonna may have been up one. Um, The thing that surprised me most, because you asked me what I thought about the matchup last weekend, and I told you I knew Madonna's offense would be up for the challenge. I didn't think their defense would fare as well as they did. Final score ended up being 10-6. One of the key stats there, Madonna goalie had 18 saves, so coming up big. Um, Reinhardt outscored them 5-3 in the fourth quarter to make it a little bit comfortable Mm -hmm. not super comfortable but a little bit more and another big stat madonna only got off 26 shots in that game and if you think about madonna we're typically thinking 45 50 shots easily yeah and and i had mentioned oh we we both know that the madonna goal is very good but i don't think either of us expected 18 saves and i didn't get a chance to watch it so i don't know if it was reinhardt taking bad shots or if it was you know, Varner making incredible saves or if it was a combination of both, but either way, when your goalie makes 18 saves, you know, you're, you're in the game that you might, maybe you shouldn't be in, but hats off to Madonna for putting up a, uh, a really, really impressive fight. And uh, that leads to the third game of the road trip, which was definitely the toughest on paper. And, you know, having, I, I did get a chance to watch this in between classes, luckily. And, what I texted you and a couple other people was, you know, this is three games against potentially three top 10 teams at the end of the year in a short week on the road, like everything stacked against Reinhardt in this. And I wasn't sure if they were in shape enough to play like this, like these good of teams all back to back to back. And it did seem like in the first half against Indiana tech, they did come out a little flat but I've, and they really struggled with the clear hats off to the Indiana tech ride, but it definitely seemed like as the game went on, they kind of caught their breath. And, and again, they ended up looking like the Reinhardt that, that we're used to seeing. Yeah. So the one thing I noticed going down the stretch of the game, as you said, Reinhardt looked kind of sloppy in the beginning. Um, it looked like they got their footing after halftime. So it was seven, three, seven, four, I want to say at half. And they were struggling with the pressure of Indiana tech. I don't know what was said at halftime, but the offense just seemed a lot more stable, a lot calmer, because they were just running into a lot of double teams is what, the one thing I was noticing. 
And they were absolutely getting hammered on some of the hits, causing turnovers, leading to goals the other way. Yeah, Indiana Tech was not playing scared at all on defense, which I think caught them off guard because they're usually the ones dictating everything on offense. And Indiana Tech was happy to to press out and play one-on-one all over the field. Yeah, definitely. And if you look at the the stats, Reinhardt's typically a team that does a fairly good job at managing turnovers, maybe around 10 a game. This one, they were 20-plus. That's a little bit of an anomaly there. Yep, but you know what? Like, uh, like a national championship team for the last three years, they uh, they did what they do, and and they found a way to come out victorious. Even though I think it was a bit of an awkward ride home after that. You know, maybe right after the game, because I'm sure Coach Snow had a few words for the guys after the game about let's not let this happen again. Yeah, and as y'all know, I've played for the guy. I love Coach Snow, but so. Any other like team program may be happy, like, hey, let's win two of two of three of these games. We're gonna be good and be happy. Some may even say, Hey, we won three of three, that's great. Reinhardt is not gonna be happy that these games are close with Madonna or Indiana Tech. And yeah, there's a lot for them to improve on. Absolutely. All right. And then the last game we're gonna to touch on from last week was Concordia, who was receiving votes, right? Going into the I game? actually don't think they were receiving votes going into the game. Okay. Well, they were playing Tennessee Wesleyan, and they were able to – you said – you you like to say it's an upset. I wasn't very surprised by this because I think Concordia – you know, they've played them and they've played T-Dub in the past and, and had some good success. So I wasn't super surprised by this. Uh, I am happy that they, that they pulled off the win. I know that they had a really great finish to the game t- to pull this off. They had a five-goal third quarter, and then, you know, they they tied the fourth quarter to finish 12-11. I think what was concerning for me for Concordia down the road, because they are like this potentially top 10 team, but they only won, and this is only if the stats are accurate, people. I have no idea, but the box score is all we have access to. So it looks like they won three of 26 face-offs. And they were 0 for 6 on the man up. So if they can fix those two things, like they cleared really well, they only had 11 turnovers to T-Dub's 21. So those are all positives. But, you know, 3 for 26 is a glaring number to me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that one. That's something they definitely need to clean up. Uh, The big thing I've noticed over the past couple games for Concordia is we knew the past couple seasons they weren't, weren't necessarily a great team, but they definitely had talent. Seems like the two things they've added was Hunter McCarty on offense. I think you said previously he had six goals and three assists or something like that. Yep. Absolutely crazy stats. And then they have a stud in cage, Sam Bowling, who had 12 saves in this one. Yep. Two freshmen kind of leading the way for the team right now on the stat sheet, at least. Uh, I know that they have senior leadership like crazy, but those two are definitely immediately impactful players. So. Uh, definitely both both performances are you know worthy of, of a player of the week type performance especially going six and three on 11 shots that's pretty impressive and you know every every game that you get in cage where you win always always a good game all right looking at next week we're going to break down a couple games that are coming up so we've got ottawa madonna on tuesday and uh 
we're just gonna we're gonna go through these games. We're gonna pick who we think is gonna win, and then just a quick reason why. So, Ottawa is ten going into the game. Madonna is seven. You know, I'm not a whack slappy per se, but I do know way more about the whack teams than I do about the KCAC teams. So, I'm definitely gonna lean into Madonna on this one and, and pick them for the for the victory. I think that this is gonna be a pretty high scoring game when it's all said and done. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I think Madonna probably has the edge in most aspects. I know certainly they do in between the pipes, and I think that's what counts. Madonna's going to take that one. Okay, then moving on, we've got Lords against Concordia. Now, we had watched Lords play Cumberlands, and, you know, I do the D1 media poll, and I was saying, you know, about, like, UMass. I don't blame teams for looking bad in their first game. So Lords had their first game. A few things looked a little rough. The clear looked rough, and they didn't seem to get into any kind of rhythm and settled offense. But if they can win faceoffs, which we've already pointed out is is one of the weaknesses for Concordia, at least through two games, if they can win faceoffs, this will be a good game. But I think this is one that Concordia takes. Yeah, and I agree with you on that one as well. I think Concordia has just like the best player in that matchup and Hunter McCarty. And as we said, Lords didn't look great clear on the ball and their settled offense didn't look the best at all either against Cumberland. The one thing they did do good is they got off a run in the third against Cumberland. So it seems like they're a little streaky to me. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. I love the Lords goalie as I know his coach. I know Yanderelli probably takes a deep breath every time that kid leaves the, the restraining line, but, uh, I love the way he shoots out of a cannon on, on clears and crosses the 50. But that being said, that's as a fan, not as a coach. If I was his coach, that would drive me nuts. But as a fan, I love seeing the Lord's goalie just take it. And every time I think, like, he's going to score this time. He's going to score this time. Yeah, moving on, we've got Indiana Tech and Lawrence Tech, which is kind of like, you know, this is going to be Lawrence Tech's chance to prove that they're for real because they had a really rough start against Reinhardt but again I don't blame teams for having a rough first game it's a COVID year they had five days of practice that game so this is you know this is a rebound game for sure and this will tell us pretty much who the top of the whack is going to be this year because I think as good as Siena Heights can be if Indiana Tech rolls Lawrence Tech all right Indiana Tech clear number two in the nation let's go maybe Columbia could fight for that number two spot but if Lawrence Tech wins that's that's where things get very interesting because then you had Reinhardt beat Indiana Tech Indiana Tech lose to Lawrence Tech Reinhardt beat Lawrence Tech by a lot so it becomes very complex in terms of who you know who's who and how good teams are so you know I'm hoping LTU wins just for chaos but I think the way that Indiana Tech's playing right now they have they have a lot more experience under their belt this season so I, I have to give a slight edge to Indiana Tech even though my buddies are going to kill me. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that one. As we discussed previously, Lawrence Tech is a young team, especially on offense. Um, and going against the Indiana Tech defense that we've seen is just going to pressure them for the whole game. I think that leads to a lot of turnovers, and I think Indiana Tech wins it. I don't want to say by a lot, but comfortable amount. And see, I, I think it's going to be way closer than, than people think. Like I said, I'm giving it a slight edge to Indiana Tech. Um, I just think Lawrence Tech is going to come out on fire after having some time to practice, 
and, and, and having that Reinhardt game just sit on their brain for a good week and a half. So last game that we're going to talk about is kind of the battle for the KCAC. We just talked about the WAC. Now, this is going to be the one that helps decide the KCAC. You know, we still have Benedictine in that conversation, but St. Ambrose versus Columbia College. And I think Ambrose is really good this year, but I've been on the Cougars train since preseason last year, and I'm going to stay right where I'm seated. And, and hopefully, hopefully they don't let me down. Yeah, I'm with you on this one as well. I think Columbia does win this one. I think if they were to lose one, this would be the one. Um, St. Ambrose can definitely make it a close game. I mean, St. Ambrose's only loss this year was to Indiana Tech by a reasonable amount. I think it was mm-hmm. four goals. So they're definitely top five worthy opponent for CC. And I don't think CC's played anyone as good as Ambrose yet. So could be interesting, but I'm still taking CC. All right. Well, that wraps up this week. Tune in next week, and maybe John will disagree with me on something. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Offsides.